be turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. We want to read two verses. The first one is verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And verse 9, And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank You that, as the hymn just said, Your Word will not fail us. We thank You that we can rest our souls upon Your precious Word. That which is forever settled in heaven can be settled in our hearts. What a blessing can be settled as we hold it in our hands, can be our guide in this very sinful and wicked and confusing world. To that end, we pray that you would bless our study today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, even thus shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. Those words of the Lord Jesus Christ are the basis of our studies of Lot. And how was it in the days of Lot? Well, we read about it here in Genesis chapter 19. In the days of Lot, all the people from every quarter, both old and young, compassed the house round. The lesbians, the gays, the bisexuals, the transgenders, the LGBTQ movement in Sodom. How do we know they had such a movement? The Lord Jesus just told us. As it was in the days of Lot, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So what we see going on around us is exactly what was going on in the days of Lot. The LGBTQ movement first surrounded Lot's house. They surrounded the place where these two messengers from heaven were. And their demand was to send out these messengers. Their demand to Lot was to give them up. And when that didn't happen... Then the LGBTQ movement of Sodom came near to break the door. To break the door of the house where the messengers from heaven were. In other words, if Lot would not give them up, then they would come in and get them. Either way, these messengers from heaven had to be removed from the house. That's exactly where we are today. The LGBTQ movement has surrounded the house of the local church in this country 
They surrounded the place where the two messengers from heaven are. Those two messengers are the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the message given forth by these two messengers from heaven is exactly the same. The Old Testament messenger says in Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. That verse condemns homosexuality. The Old Testament messenger says in Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. That verse condemns transgenderism. A woman is not to identify as a man. A man is not to identify as a woman. Then we come to the New Testament messenger. And the New Testament messenger says in Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 26 that women changing the natural use into that which is against nature, that's lesbianism, God says that is vile affections. And verse 27 says that men leaving the natural use of the woman, men burning in their lust one toward another, men with men, that's homosexuality. God says men with men is working that which is unseemly. It's vulgar, it's indecent, it is against God's order. And verse 27 says something further. That men who engage in this abomination receive in themselves that recompense of their error. And they have. AIDS and monkeypox. Don't hear anything about AIDS much anymore, do we? Nothing about monkeypox at all. Haven't heard those words on the news in weeks because they're offensive. And then the New Testament messenger says something else in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'd like for you to turn over there if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, whoremongers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that word refers to a, if you look it up in the Greek dictionary of your Strong's Concordance, that word refers to a catamite. That's a word that we don't hear very much. In fact, we may have never heard it at all. But a catamite refers to a boy who is kept for homosexual relations with a man. 
But that's not all this word effeminate means. It also refers to a male who submits his body to unnatural lewdness. Like transgenderism, for example. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's one who lies with a male as with a female, a homosexual. So here are the two messengers from heaven. The Old Testament and the New Testament. And their message is perfectly consistent. No difference. And this is why the LGBTQ movement is surrounding the house of the local church in these days of Lot and demanding to have these two messengers brought out. God and His Word condemn the LGBTQ movement. And so what has happened is they've surrounded the house of the local church. They've surrounded the place where the two messengers from heaven are. And their demand is to send out these messengers that we may know them. That we may know them. Now, the meaning of the word know, there in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 5, is to know carnally, to know sexually. In that context, they're talking about having homosexual relations. But that word, as it applies to the LGBTQ movement today, when they say to the church of Jesus Christ, bring out these messengers that we may know them, what they want is an interaction with the message from heaven. What they want is an interchange of thoughts and ideas that will conceive, that will produce a change in the message. A change that will be favorable to the lifestyle of the LGBTQ movement in the name of the Bible. This is exactly what a homosexual activist by the name of Steve Warren wrote in a 1987 article that was published in The Advocate, which is one of the leading publications of that movement. He wrote this 35 years ago. His article was called Warning to the Homophobes. Warren said, quote, we will in all likelihood want to expunge numbers of passages of your scriptures and rewrite others, eliminating preferential treatment of marriage and using words that will allow for homosexual interpretations of passages describing biblical lovers. Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And they've enjoyed some success in this effort. Ten years ago, the Queen James Bible, the Gay Bible, was published. It's an edit of the biblical text and it's done to prevent homophobic interpretations. 
So what they've done is they've removed all of the negative references to homosexuality. Just like Genesis 19 and verse 5 says, send out these messengers from heaven that we may know them, that we may interact with them, that we might be able to conceive a new Bible, if you will. They aren't done. There's a new documentary out. It's called 1946, The Mistranslation That Shifted Culture. The idea of the documentary is that they claim that the word homosexual is only named as a sin in the Bible because of a mistranslation. Now the version of the Bible that they are referring to is the Revised Standard Version that was published in 1946. We turn to this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 because that's the verse that has their hackles up. The translation of 1 Corinthians 6, 9 in the RSV use the word homosexual. Now the website for the movie says, quote, in 1946, theology, history, culture, and politics led to a biblical mistranslation of catastrophic proportions. This is our quest to uncover the truth. More than 45,000 churches today still preach that homosexuality is a sin, citing biblical references that condemn homosexuals. What would change if churches discovered the truth? The word homosexual was added to the Bible in 1946 by mistake. The documentary tells how one man tried to stop it and how a team of researchers recently unearthed evidence that challenges deeply held beliefs about LGBTQ plus people and their place in God's kingdom. Isn't it interesting that the promotional ad for this movie doesn't mention the plain message of Leviticus 18.22 or Romans chapter 1? It's also interesting that it's a couple of Greek words that they want to retranslate to accommodate and cast their LGBTQ plus philosophy as being right and acceptable. Behind this is the hiss of the serpent, folks, whose first words on earth were, Yea, hath God said. And the serpent has spent 140 years, beginning with Westcott and Hort, using Greek scholars who seek after the wisdom of men to retranslate the Bible to take out the deity of Christ and the blood atonement, to attack the fundamentals of the faith. And now the way is prepared to retranslate the Greek to challenge deeply held beliefs about LGBTQ people in their place in God's kingdom. And I'll tell you the sad thing about this. Churches will pick up this change 
just as they have all the others. This is why we must never turn away from that which is perfect. That which is perfect that God promised would come. His perfect, completed Word. The Hebrew text, the Textus Receptus, the inspired, infallible, preserved Word of God that we hold in our hands. The King James Bible. Think about the depth of the words of God in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 5. Let's go back there if you will. The depth of these words, the prophetic message of these words, only God could have written this book. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know. This movement has surrounded the house of the church of Jesus Christ. They've surrounded the place where the two messengers from heaven are. The Old Testament and the New Testament. And their demand is to send out these messengers that we may know them, that we might interact with the message from heaven, that we might have an interchange of thoughts and ideas that will conceive, that will produce a change in the message, a change that legitimizes the lifestyle of the LGBTQ movement. But we need to notice that this movement in Sodom was not only prepared to make demands, bring them out unto us that we may know them. They were prepared to enforce those demands. When Lot would not bring out the messengers from heaven, then what we see in verse 9 is that these people pressed sore upon Lot. And they came near to break the door of Lot's house. The LGBTQ movement today is pressing sore upon God's people. Just as Steve Warren said, we're going to force you to recant everything you have believed or said about sexuality. And if any of the older people in your midst object, you will deal with them sternly, making certain they renounce their ugly and ignorant homophobia or suffer public humiliation. That is pressing sore, is it not? And they're coming near to break the door. The door that separates right and wrong and good and evil and the holy and the profane. And, and, and again, Steve Warren described 35 years ago how that would be done. You will also make certain that all of the prestige and resources of your institutions are brought to bear on the community. So laws are passed forbidding discrimination against homosexuals and heavy punishments assessed. We expect and demand the same commitment to us that you made to blacks and to women, though their suffering has not been as great 
as ours. The passing of laws, we demand it. That happened this week in Washington, D.C. The United States Senate voted to end debate on the Respect for Marriage Act. In order to do that, there had to be 60 senators to vote in favor of ending the debate so that the bill could progress and eventually come to a vote. The problem for the Democrats is that they only have 50 votes. So they were going to have to have 10 Republicans to vote with them in order to end the debate. Not to worry. They got them. And not just 10. They got 12 Republicans to vote with them. Suzanne Bodie, or Bowdy, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, she made a very good comment on this in the Washington stand this week. She said, quote, Republicans may be down one seat in the Senate, but they're 12 short where it matters on principle. And two of the 12 were our two senators, Richard Burr and Tom Tillis. So the Respect for Marriage Act is on track to pass. The Democrats have the 50 votes. They have the vice president if there were to be a tie. But I don't believe that they'll need Harris's vote. Because at least three of the 12 Republicans who voted to end debate will no doubt vote for the bill. Susan Collins and Rob Portman are co-sponsors of it. And then there's Tom Tillis, who has worked on the bill extensively, he says, with Collins and Portman and the Democrat LGBTQ members of the Senate, Senator Baldwin and Sinema, all of whose names I mention without respect. Tillis held a news conference Thursday to tout the bipartisan religious liberty fix for the bill. But according to Senator Mike Lee, a real senator, a real constitutional conservative from Utah, according to Senator Lee, the fix was a farce. He said, this is a shell game that ends in the destruction of religious liberty in America. There are a number of senators, Senator Langford from Oklahoma and Senator Wicker from Mississippi, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. All of these people, are, these senators are warning. They're warning. They're raising the flag. Senator Lee's offered an amendment that will give real protections to religious liberty. It will give it to individuals. It will give it to churches. It will give it to ministries and organizations who believe in marriage as God instituted and defined it between a man and a woman only. 
Our only hope, folks, is for some amendments to be added to this bill. It is going to pass. So we need to contact our two senators. Again, Burr and Tillis, and tell them to support Mike Lee's Religious Liberty Amendment, which I mentioned Lindsey Graham said a minute ago. Lindsey Graham said it clearly protects religious institutions. If you're interested in reading Senator Lee's um, amendment, I'll be glad to send you the link. So the LGBTQ movement has pressed sore upon the politicians in Washington, and they've come near to break the door of legislation that will put into federal law same-sex marriage. But there's another door. Another door that the LGBTQ movement is coming near to break. It's a door of decency. It's a door of modesty. It's a door of right and virtue. And that door is right here in Southern Pines. Some of you may have seen the poster or heard that on Saturday, December 3rd at the Sunrise Theater, just a stone's throw from this church, the Sunrise will have its first drag show. The show is called Downtown Divas, a live drag experience. It features Naomi Dix, who boasts of being, quote, one of the triangle's most dynamic, versatile, boundary-pushing drag artist. Dix is joined by Tatiana Matthews. They're both from a drag house in Durham. The poster boasts that the drag show is presented by Sand Hills Pride and the Sunrise Theater. Now here's the wicked part. The most wicked part, I would say. The whole thing is wicked. Tickets are $40 and they include one drink. But student tickets are half price. Student tickets are just $20. Folks, that's their target audience. And all that's necessary for a student to buy a ticket is to show a student ID. They have to purchase the ticket in person. If you look at the flyer, there is no minimum age mentioned on the flyer. If you go to the Sunrise Theater website, it does say 16 and up. Folks, this event is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 17 and Genesis chapter 19 concerning the days of Lot being fulfilled right before our eyes. Does the Lord have to write us a letter? <laughs> he has! He has written us a letter. And it's telling us exactly what's going to happen in, his, in, in the days of Lot that we're living in, the days just before He is revealed. And 
it's happening right here in Southern Pines. We don't have to look to San Francisco or New York. It's being fulfilled right before our eyes. As the LGBTQ movement through Sand Hills Pride comes near to break the door. This is 1 Corinthians 6-9 on display right in front of us. A show that is designed to attract and recruit catamites. Children, boys, young men to be shown the glories of homosexual relationships, the glories of transgenderism. These are the effeminate performing on stage right up here. Males who submit their bodies to unusual lewdness. Remember, Naomi Dix, boundary-pushing drag artist. We must not stand for it. We have to do everything that we can to stop it. When you leave today, you'll find a sheet in the back that contains the name of the executive director of the Sunrise Theater along with his email address. We need to email him. And we need to tell him to cancel this event. Also on that paper, you'll find the name of the businesses that are specifically sponsoring this event. Their Realty World, the Nikki Bowman team, she boasts on her website of being part of the Sand Hills Pride LGBTQ Plus Support Network and states as her company's vision not to provide the most effective realty services in the Sand Hills. No, no, no. It says that her company's vision is, quote, a Sand Hills where all LGBTQ plus people are supported, heard, valued, equal, and experience true community, unquote. She even mentions on her website the backlash that she's gotten because of her sponsorship of this event, and may I say, she needs to get more. And she calls the backlash, the opposition to this drag show, hate. Folks, hate is appealing to 16-year-old children to come to an abomination like that. That's hate. Hate is younger children than that because there will be adults who will bring their children. That's hate. To expose children to this kind of perversion as though it's right and normal. Now I have to say that Nikki Bowman seems said in her support, but we still need to contact her and let her know of our opposition. The other sponsor is Manifest Boutique. That's all I can tell you. The, the, their name and email address is on the sheet that will be back there. If these businesses refuse to withdraw their sponsorship, then we should refuse to do business with them and encourage others to refuse to do business with them. 
We're sending out a letter tomorrow to every parent in us in our school with the information that's on the sheet at the back. Now, if we can't get this event canceled, Brother Vic Allen has obtained a permit for December 3rd from 5 to 7 so that we can peacefully protest this event. Now, um, December 3rd is the um, high school Christmas banquet. And there are people who will be involved with that and they can't come. But if you're not having to, to do something directly involved with it, you can come. Even if, you, even if you're coming to the, um, to the banquet, you can come up there for a little, ha- little while. Folks, we can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. We're able to do that. But I want you to look at verse 10 of Genesis chapter 19. Because this 10th verse is the whole point of what we've been talking about this morning. But the men, that is the angels, the messengers from heaven put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. We mentioned this last week that when things reached this point, when the men of Sodom came near to break the door, the angels intervened. They pulled Lot into the house to them. We mentioned last week, and I believe it's true, verse 10 is a picture of the rapture. When the men of Sodom are pressing sore upon us, when they're coming near to break the door, the Lord Himself is going to descend from heaven. He's going to come to the air and He's going to pull His people into the house, into His Father's house. He's gone there, as He said in John chapter 14, to prepare a place for us that where He is there we may be also. And then the Lord is going to do exactly what these angels did. He's going to shut the door. The day of grace is going to be over. Your opportunity to be saved will be gone. And then verse 11 is going to be your portion. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. The eyes of the men of Sodom were blinded. The eyes, as we talked about last week, are a symbol of understanding. And that's what's going to happen to those who are left behind when the Lord Jesus comes. You're not going to be struck with literal blindness, but your understanding is going to be blinded. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 11 and 12, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Lord Jesus said, As it was in the days of Lot, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And it is. Can it get any plainer? Can it get any plainer than being right here in Southern Pines? The Lord Jesus is coming. And His coming is near. It's even at the doors. Are you ready? Do you know Him as your Savior today? The good news is that it's still the day of grace. And right now, you can pass from death unto life by humbling your heart 
and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ from your sins. We call that repentance and trusting Him and Him alone to be your Savior. If we're saved today, we need to remember what Paul said in Ephesians 6.12. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We aren't wrestling against Sandhill's pride. They're the visible manifestation. But we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're wrestling against. And we must live and act according to Ephesians 6 and verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. What is having done all to stand? It's writing a few emails. Having done all to stand is coming up to Southern Pines. We'll have the details of where to make our voices heard. That is having done all to stand. And we need to do it. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank You for Your Word. We, we stand amazed at it every time that we pick it up because it confirms, it proves itself over and over and over again that this is the Word of God. We thank You that You have given it to us. You have written us a letter from heaven. A letter that tells us of your love. A letter that tells us of your sacrifice upon the cross of Calvary. For all men. For everyone. There is no depth of sin that the grace and mercy of God cannot reach. There is no horrible pit. No miry clay that His grace and mercy cannot pull us out of and set our feet upon a rock. We thank you for that salvation. And we pray that we would be faithful to preach it and to stand for it in these last days. Give us courage in these days. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.